Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Uh, my name is Al Carl. I'm the host of the show, along with uh, my group of merry men here. Uh, you know us here. Uh, you know uh, we love wrestling. We like to have fun. Uh, we joke around. We're, we're very positive with things. But uh, unfortunately, we had uh, just some absolutely incredibly awful news over the weekend. We got hit uh, right in the heart. Uh, when we lost one of our own, we lost uh, we lost John Huber, uh, whether you know him as Luke Harper, whether or not you know him as Brody Lee. Um, it, it was shocking to everybody in, in the wrestling world. It was a shock to us. I, I, I think the text, uh, I believe I just I just threw an F word out to you guys via text with the picture, with the picture that uh, AEW uh, tweeted out. Um it, it, it sucks, and it, it, it's, you know, from a, from a fan point of view, it's, it's a very selfish point of view, but we love Brody. We're going to miss Brody. Uh, he got a lot of great things coming, but like I said, that is a very selfish point of view. It's not about us. Um, there's a woman out there walking around now without her husband, and we have two kids who don't have their father anymore, and it's just it's just an awful part of life. Um, uh, but we want to make sure that uh, we pay our tributes uh uh, to John Huber and, and what he's done. So uh, I'm just going to take a couple minutes here before the show gets going. We have a great show lined up today. We are going to laugh. We are going to have some fun. We'll get to that. But right now, uh, it, it's all about Brody. Uh, John Smith, uh, you're wearing your Exalted One shirt. Um, I have my Luke Harper shirt on that I wear so proudly. Uh, um, your, your thoughts on this? I mean, I know you were, you were his biggest fan going against Cody. Yeah, you know that. Um, I mean, it's just, it's sad to see a guy's life get cut so short. You know, he was only halfway done and he was at the prime of his career. So, you know, in that aspect as, you know, in the wrestling world, it's, you know, terrible. And then, like you said, with his family, it's just now they have like a piece of their puzzle missing for the rest of their lives. It's, you know, just sad all around, man. Uh, Ryan Joy, our senior age correspondent, you're uh, in attendance. Uh, you have been in Jacksonville. Uh, every time they're live, you are there. So uh, you, you were there for the dog collar match. Yeah, I was. And uh, when I watched that match, um, it was it was a great match. And all I could think about as the match ended and Brody lost is, you know, what what was the payback going to be? How would the Dark Order get revenge on this? Um, didn't know that it was going to be Brody's last match. Um, 41 years young, way, way too short to go. Um, but the, the thing that I have learned through this, uh, I sort of kind of knew a little bit, but the outpouring of support from all of his peers, you know, look, Brody was a heel on TV. So we didn't get this side of him that uh, all his peers and colleagues got that's been the main message that I'm seeing is that this man was an incredible father, an incredible human being. And, you know, this sucks. Like this was a really good person. Um, forget what he did in wrestling. He was a, he was a good father, committed wrestler. Um, and it's really a shame at 41 years old that we've had to uh, pour one out for him. Yeah, uh, Tyler, with that, um, on Twitter, I know you're a big Twitter guy. Um, I am as well. The only people I really follow are the wrestlers. And, and somebody, uh, one of the wrestlers, I, I can't remember who it was, and someone just said, you know what, they need to make a book 
um, with every single one of these tweets from every single one of the wrestlers that he's affected, make a book for his children just so they had the constant reminder of how amazing uh, their father was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I haven't seen that tweet yet, but it, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. You know, Xavier Woods and Big E have both been extremely vocal on Twitter since the news broke on how amazing he is. Cesaro was sharing some stories uh, regarding uh, the wonderful Luke Harper shirt you're wearing. Uh, if I can find that tweet throughout the show, I absolutely share it. But, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. Nothing but positive media around him positive influence on life, his family, the locker room. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough loss for wrestling right now. Yeah, Gary, I know uh, you sometimes when you were working with uh, with Uncle Dave at The Observer, you got to, you know, you meet these guys, you know, firsthand. And I know you're good friends with Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre and whatnot. What is, uh, what's going through your mind through all this? I, just, I literally just couldn't believe it because – when when he actually had left WWE in, in between him signing for AEW, I had reached out to him and given him a shout about an interview and stuff, and had got a reply back from was his his people, whoever who was doing his stuff, saying, "Look, give us a wee while, let the dust settle or whatever, and then we'll we'll see what we can sort out." And they were they were really lovely, and, and I know he was, and I know that a lot of the guys there are very, were very caught up about it. You could see that on on Raw. Um, last night, the, the guy, the guys who thought that it's, it's terrible. I mean, I, I just sit and think of it. I mean, I know I'm in the same position. I have two boys, and like Luke Harper's or, or Brody John, he, he's younger than me. And so to think that the fact that he's now gone and his wife and those two kids are now don't have a dad for what should have been the next 30, 40 years is just, is just heartbreaking. But as you said, it's been good. It's been great to see. Everybody from all sides of the wrestling community, whether it be the wrestling media or whether it be the wrestlers themselves, come out so positively about him and say what a great guy he is. And it's unfortunate that in some ways it's taken this to happen for his family to realize just how much everybody cared about him. Yeah. Uh, John Connie, anything you want to close this up with? Uh, just to say that, uh, you know, we don't. Uh, if, if you're lucky, maybe you get to meet a couple of these guys. You get to spend a couple of minutes around them. You get uh, some idea of what they're like. But uh, for the most part, we don't. Uh, sometimes we get to know them from how they talk on TV. And with the bulk of uh, John's career being spent in WWE, where he played a character where he barely all, we don't get much there either. But when you see the outpouring from his peers, and uh, the, I think the one thing that really encapsulated it for me was the uh, – the picture going way back, I think Jericho's the one who shared it that I saw, of when uh, he was upset that he didn't have any merch. So the guys all mm -hmm. kicked in and made up shirts with his head on it. And the yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just take a look at that picture. You got Jericho in there. Uh, guys from the New Day are in there. Roman's in the corner. You know, guys that are not involved. Okay, you know, him and uh, his partners had a long thing with New Day. But there was a bunch of guys in that picture that you know really weren't involved with him on TV. These were just people who loved him. And, it, you know, the people who cared about him tell you what you need to know about the man. He was loved. Yep. Um, and like I mentioned when I uh, when I talked to Tyler, uh, John, John Hoover had a, uh, a very funny thing he liked to do on Twitter. Um, everyone's been doing it. Um, I know 
Uh, last night on Raw, they they meant you know it's Monday. You know what that means. That was that was that was uh, Brody's or Luke's, whatever you want to call him, John Huber's big thing. It was every day of the week. Well, it's Monday. You know what that means. They didn't do it every day. I didn't know what it meant at first, but it actually meant nothing, which is the funny joke part of it. Because uh, then I went on his, his page, maybe thinking like somebody would comment what's going on, but it was not. It was just it was just tweet every day of the week for like a like however six months, straight. and it was it was hysterical. And that was you know the only glimpse I guess that we were allowed to see out of him. Um, you know that he wasn't allowed to break character, but that those who knew him loved him. But we're gonna keep that tradition alive. I know everyone's been doing it. We're gonna do it also. Um, so start start this good at this moment going forward. Uh, every time we're on air, we are going to start the show with these words. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Anyone else find that weird? That was kind of weird on the intro. Did, did it go on right away from you guys or no? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That kind of stalled. It was, that was really weird. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to put my hoodie back on. I don't think anyone's going to want to see me in the tank top for the next hour and a half or so. My name is Al Carl. Welcome to the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Uh, with us today, we are six strong to go over our year of the end awards um, but today, like I said, is episode 34. Uh, let me see what's going on. This is our Oscar losing the undefeated streak episode. This is our Jinder Mahal shocking the world and actually winning a stacked fatal four-way United States Championship Award. Uh, that was, uh, I mean, a uh, show, not award. That's an award show. Never mind. Uh, Ronda Rousey, that's her episode. She makes her debut. Uh, the Undertaker smokes John Cena in two minutes and 45 seconds. We got that episode. As well as Nicholas becoming the youngest ever tag team champion in history episode. Uh, I got, you know, Big Nick pulled out of the crowd. Uh, so that, that was fun. Not to mention, we'll get into uh, WrestleMania 34 and Brody later on in the show. Um, with us today, we have our sheriff. He is back in town. Tyler, good to see your beautiful face again. How are things? Happy to be here as always, Al. Thanks. Part of these awards. All right, glad to have you. Uh, Ryan Joy, our AEW senior correspondent. How are things with you today? How was your interview this morning um, on the Daily Wrestling News Show? You had a special guest. This morning we had a special guest from the uh, the owner of the Co uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling from here in Florida talking about their January 9th show, New Year's Revolution. It was a really good interview. Um, I suggest people go out and watch it first chance they get. And definitely, definitely catch it on all of the uh, I-95 Sports Network pages, um, on YouTube, on Facebook, as well as Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. Uh, people are chiming in already. Uh, take it off. Take it off. Guys, we want a clean show here. Come on. Yeah, I think uh, John Smith, yes, he was talking to you. John DeCani, uh, you are right below me today, our senior impact correspondent. You have a, you have you have some uh a honeymoon war show plan. I'm actually looking forward to yours. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you're going to have to reel me in because I, I may uh, babble on incessantly like I usually do. But, uh, yeah, uh, some some chuckles in there, I hope. That's that's mostly what uh, what I always go for. So, 
Glad yeah, to I'm a little it, jealous that you got to do impact out of all of this. I would have loved to have given that impact. Grant, I mean, in real, I, I would have just mimicked real life with Deanna Perrazzo and Ace Austin in New Jersey just sweeping everything. So, Gary, uh, Gary Mahefi, your senior UK correspondent. You're with us overseas early today, Gary. Love to have you uh, in the six box with us. Good, good to be here. As I say, we're we're effectively under curfew here in, in the UK at the minute. So um it's always always good to be here it means i've got extra time to watch more wrestling so it's always good uh with us again john smith now john on on christmas day um we uh we we, we texted each other you know merry christmas i believe john DeConi sent out a picture i'm blanking on what it was i sent out a picture of stone cold dressed in a santa outfit uh stunning vince mcmahon from the overseas tour you Okay, if we're having a trivia contest, I do not know who this is. You got me on this one. I didn't want to ask you about it there because I wanted to ask you about it on air. Who is this? This is Santa Claus with an X, and that's Balls Mahoney. <laughs> yeah, really? he's in Nutley, New Jersey. Man's holiday season creations. When, when was this? Like, when, when did this take place? I want to say it was probably either 94 or 95. It was very short-lived, and I don't remember much about him, but uh, I remember him, and that's why I went and looked him up for the for the purpose of our uh, our group text. Yeah, you got me. I, I wanted, Ryan, write that down. I, I, I got that one wrong. Take away a point from me. Um, <laughs> on today's episode, uh, Keith Lee earned a WWE Championship match. Next week at Legends Night, when the mood is right, when it's Legends Night, uh, we have a new Intercontinental Champion, a very gargano Christmas leads to an NXT North American Championship match on NXT tomorrow night. Ryan Joy will be here with us to discuss the huge two-night event in Japan called Wrestle Kingdom. For those of you who do not know what Wrestle Kingdom is, it is their version of Bound for Glory. It is the biggest event of the year. Normally, it's 80,000 strong in the Tokyo Dome. Um, and we'll get into We'll talk with Ryan about that later in the show. He makes his picks for both nights. Uh, stacked card is all it is. is for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, make, sure you tune, uh, make sure you tune in at the end of the show to hear details on how to win the Jim the Anvil Nightheart autographed picture giveaway, courtesy of Sideline Sports and WWE Memorabilia. That contest is still going on. Uh, we make our picks for this week's upcoming shows, which is presented by Minutes to Bell Time and sponsored, as always, by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. And guys, she'll like it, too. thumbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to main event the show with, discuss, uh, with discussing the upcoming tribute night and AEW is doing for Brody Lee. But we're uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We're going to curtain jerk the show with our year-end awards, something we kind of really didn't plan on doing up until uh, a few weeks ago when we found out that uh, we had a whole bunch of extra airtime with uh, Impact and NXT UK taking two weeks off for the holidays. So we said, Spirit, why not? Uh, so it's going to go down a little bit, something like this. Each of us, as you said, as you can see, as I announced, uh, most of us are senior correspondents for a specific brand, um, and they will be giving out their awards for those brands. Uh, myself, I'm going to be leading the way right now with Monday Night Raw. I'll get mine out of the way real quick, 
Uh, mine are pretty cut and dry, unfortunately. Raw, this was this was very easy for me to um, actually give out. Uh, it's uh, the uh, I believe my awards are actually called uh, the Carl with a K Awards, uh, inspired by Caleb. But as I said, you know, Carl with a K—that's my entire life right there. Uh, the uh, best male Raw athlete of the year. I don't. It's not a shock to anybody. He won all the slams, whatever. Drew McIntyre had an absolutely amazing year. Uh, won the Royal Rumble. Won the main event at WrestleMania twice. Some would say as he had to defend it against the big the, uh, the championship against the Big Show right after he beat Brock Lesnar. Held it the entire two uh, the entire year with the exception of uh, a little bit of a hiccup with Randy Orton. Uh, got it back to represent Raw and the WWE Championship at Survivor Series. Um, now, uh, you know, he ended the year last night. Yeah. Champion off next uh, Monday, 2021, with a title defense right away. So, Drew McIntyre, uh, the first ever Carl for a K award winner for best male wrestler. Our best female wrestler. Again, this isn't going to be a shock to anybody. There's, there's only one person. She has been the uh, Tyler and I since day one. Since episode one, when we started the show, we were just Oscar is the pandemic era empty arena MVP. She has just been absolutely amazing. She's been entertaining as all hell. Um, she won money in the bank to win the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, had a small hiccup over the summer with Sasha Banks, but got it back. She's currently a double champion. This is now, I think, the third year in a row she's ended the year, started the year, slash, whatever you want to call it, as a champion. Because I remember, uh, actually, maybe three years in a row, because you won the, 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 the triple threat ladder match. I, I forget what it was. But she's just been on fire lately. Uh, hopefully, she can hold this title and defend it at WrestleMania. That would be something great to see. And uh, the Carl with the K tag team, Raw tag team of the year. Again, absolutely no-brainer. The Street Profits. Uh, John Smith, That what was the date at Barclay Center? You were there. I want to say it was, you know, early March or late February. I forget. Yeah, they, they held the belts up until October. The only reason why they're not Raw Tag Team Champions anymore is because they got drafted to a different show, and now they've been running roughshod on that show too. So uh, this one, like I said, a little bit of a no-brainer. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the cuff here. Uh, best performance in a match award. This goes out I guess it's very cut and dry. This was the most – Amazing performance of the year in a particular match, in a single match by a single superstar. And it was Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble as he went. <laughs> he was the WWE champion. He's like, you know what? I don't have a feud right now. Screw it. I'm just going to go into the Royal Rumble and just cause problems. And he did. He drew number one, or he asked for number one. Uh, he wanted to run through the whole field, and he got 13 deep uh, before being eliminated by uh, Drew McIntyre on the way to McIntyre's victory, but Brock Lesnar with 13 eliminations in a row. Um, Tyler expressing his absolute uh, disgust. I said I couldn't think of a funny word as a positive thing, but yeah, but whatever. That was 13. That is the most. That is tied for the most ever in a Royal Rumble. The one he's tied with was Braun Strowman, who was in a 50-man Royal Rumble when he did that. So Brock, uh, absolutely incredible performance. Uh, right there match of the year candidate this one was kind of picked for me uh if if, if you're the greatest match of all time <laughs> not get match of the year i mean you, you have to get match of the year for the year you're uh you're wrestling in right i mean so all right it was, it was a great match. Uh, you know, we were 
on, we don't know who was going to win that entire time. You know, Edge got to win at Mania. Orton ended up winning that match. But the Howard Finkel at the ring announcer was a nice added touch. Uh, it was Everything was just – it was well done. So, I, you know what? Like I said, that decision was made for me. Um, so there's that. What was What is my next Carl with a K award? Oh, feud of the year. I've been saying this all along. This has to be the, the longest-running feud in professional wrestling history. So it has to be feud of the year. The Mysterios versus Seth Rollins, the feud that just would never go away. Um, and to tell you the truth, we're going to talk about it later. Seth Rollins is coming back on SmackDown uh, this Friday, and the Mysterios have been nowhere to be found right now. So maybe they're just waiting to put them back together again to keep this feud going. But this thing, it leaked over onto SmackDown uh, after the draft. Fox said, this is amazing. we got to have some of this. Uh, so they had the draft of all these guys. Uh, including Murphy. So that is my feud of the year. Uh, Carl with a K award for the best thing going in on Raw. This, again, this is this is a no-brainer. Hurt Business has been absolutely incredible, um, and it's absolutely great to see that they're ending the year um, with uh, the United States Championship and the Raw Tag Team Championship. Um, MVP made a custom belt for Bobby Lashley. I'm kind of wondering uh, where's the love for Cedric and Shelton in this. John DeCon, do you know if you heard any rumors of MVP making uh, his own tag team titles for his guys? Apparently they've been uh, ready and waiting backstage for months. So who knows if they'll ever show up. She would. The old ones get to go to Apollo Cruz's house so the, you know, the kids can play with them. That's all that matters, I guess, in the long run. Uh, a dubious award right here for me. The most points I've lost all year long on PWP on ProWrestlingPicking.com because I consistently, for the entire year, seems like, bet on these guys, and they never won. This goes to Andrade and Angel Garza. God damn, these guys disappointed me on a monthly basis. Oh, Andrade is now stuck in limbo somewhere. Angel Garza got a haircut, giving out roses. He's still doing his thing. Zelina Vega has been future endeavored because uh, she wanted her internet show and, or something like that. Who knows? Um, and then I have two more awards. going to make this real quick. Carl with a K. Uh, this was probably uh, one of the most, uh, at least in my opinion, one of the most amazing athletic feats um, of the entire year on Raw that really nobody has been talking about, and I just don't get why. But during the Street Profits versus Viking Raiders, anything you can do, we can do better competition. The Street Profits shot a 28 in miniature golf, which is 10 holes in one um, with a, a couple two putts, and that is absolutely incredible. Uh, so the best mini golf game of the year uh, the Carl the K goes to the Street Profits. And then my last award uh, is the moment of the year for Raw. And God, I got to tell you this right now. A late entry into the game last night on Raw with the Miz regaining the money in the bank contract. That was that if it wasn't for this guy, that would have won it on the buzzer. That would have been a buzzer shot. Boom by the Miz. He would have won the Carl with the K. Uh, but still in me, I got sentimental. Um, the Undertaker's last match at WrestleMania, the Boneyard match, uh, is my moment of the year. Here is that particular moment. 
uh, where he put his fist up in the air. The uh, the Taker cross was put on the barn. AJ was already buried at this time, and this actually ended up. It seems to be, you know, you know, you never say never, uh, but this seems to be the last match in the storied career of the Undertaker. I'll believe it when he's dead. Yeah, right. So uh, that will do it for the Carl with a K Awards um, and Monday Night Raw. We're going to switch gears to the other top corner of the screen. And Ryan Joy, our senior AEW correspondent, owner, CEO, CFOs, uh, what was it the what is what is Lashley the 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 herd officer right the certified herd officer right? Um, yeah. of Belltime.com, host of the Daily Wrestling News Show. Uh, we have the Joy Awards here for all elite wrestling. So Ryan, take it away. Before I do, I want to I want to make a comment on your comment about Asuka being the MVP of the pandemic era. Um, I, I have been studying win-loss records for my book. She was one in four in this competition heading into the pandemic era. She finishes the year 21 and 11. I think that that stands to reason. You are correct. She <laughs> kicked butt during the pandemic era. They, they finally cut the leash on her and she was doing the, the dancing and with Kyrie saying they were doing their, you know, borderline racist anime stuff. Um, <laughs> it was it was entertaining, you know. It's her run, and then, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie left us for the time being to go home to become a mother, which is great for her. But she just, uh, like I said, I just all, all I want right now is her to defend that title and and get the win at WrestleMania too. I don't want her just to just walk the aisle with it. I want her to get the win. I want her to get the W with the title defense. But Ryan, take it away, AEW. The, the Joy Awards. We are going to start with Male Wrestler of the Year, and uh, you could you could make some arguments here. Um, for who it should be, but I've chosen John Moxley. I think he wins the award for sure. He is 21 and one this year um, in AEW. He has the second best record in AEW uh, for people above 20 matches. And I'll tell you who has the best record. It's the female wrestler of the year for the Joy Awards, Hikaru Shida. As twenty is a twenty-three and one record, practically unbeaten by anybody that's active. Right, Rio is the only person who has a win. It was a Fatal Four, and it was way, way back in the beginning of the year. So, Hikaru Shida takes it home. So, there's your top two: your top male and your top female. Now we get into tag teams, and this is a little bit of a tight situation because yeah, Hangman Page and Omega, you have. FTR, who beat them for the tag title, and then you've got the winning box. Um, I decided that this award needed to go to Omega and Page because they have had they had exactly thirteen matches, twelve and one record. They got together for a tag title run. They won the titles. They got done. They got out. FTR, they're thirteen and one with a victory over Omega and Page, but. They also lost matches to the Miz and Morrison and the Usos earlier in the year that are dragging them down. So, hey, so hey. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, feud of the year. Feud of the year. I, you know, I was sitting there at AEW Revolution in the stands when they announced that we were going to get a, a event called Blood and Guts at the Prudential Center 
in a place that you guys all appreciate or a state that you all appreciate. We didn't get that match, but we did still get the elite versus inner circle feud that went on forever. They adopted Matt Hardy. I mean, you could even put the elite deletion into this feud. Uh, you had Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. You had all, all these variations on this. Um, and when you, when you look back at the whole year, maybe you even get MJF versus Cody in that, you know, feud. So, um, I think that was that that feud had the most legs for the whole year. Um, match of the year, I just brought up AEW Revolution. Um, for me, that Omega Page versus the Young Bucks match is what really, really cemented Omega and Page getting tag team of the year. That was a killer match. The crowd was on their feet the entire time. It was it was absolutely nuts. Okay. Taking a breath here. Yeah, right? A little tough rattling off as many awards as we have, you know? Well, those were the obvious awards. Now we get into, like, the, you know, the the special cases, right? So the best AEW cinematic match of the year. There weren't very many, but but at the Stadium Stampede, main main evented double or nothing, uh, and it was, you know, that was the first pay-per-view where they didn't have the world title going on last. And so it was an incredible, I mean, Matt Hardy drowned in that match and then came back as a different Matt Hardy. So, so all of the cool uh, cinematic stuff, uh, I think that's what, go ahead. Go ahead. 100 yes. yards of Northern Lights duplexes. There you go. There you go. One winged angel off the, off the stands. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, the one to watch next year. I believe that this whole thing with Omega turning heel, our savior in this process is Hangman Adam Page. And so he is the one to watch next year. Probably going to be maybe third quarter or so, I think, when he gets his big title shot. And, and you know, we put the entire all, all our hope behind him reclaiming the, the world title for a baby face. So watch out for Hangman Page. He's only, I think, lost one match in singles competition this year to Kenny Omega. And, of course, the blooper of the year. The Joker in the Casino Battle Royal. <laughs> Thanks to Michael Nakazawa, the slippery turnbuckle, Matt Seidel crashed and burned on his very first move in AEW. <laughs> he didn't even get in the ring. Didn't even well. He got in the ring the hard way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's the prepared awards. This time next year, we will be talking about the Brody Lee Lifetime Achievement Award. Of course, he gets that himself this year, but next year we'll have that one. All right, All sounds right. good. AEW was fun year of AEW. Uh, they did extremely well in the pandemic. They let's say they had it easy. Uh, but they had a gift um, having the outdoors facilities of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so they uh, they were they were luckier than most companies. So um, we're gonna swing it down. Uh, we're gonna go overseas actually. Swing it overseas to uh, the icon Gary Maheffy. Gary, you have uh, the NXT UK Awards, the Garys, and we're all gonna talk about this later on down the line. You now. Oh, he's a three-time UK champion, but he's also a seven-time Gary Award winner. These are probably the most prestigious awards those guys can have over there, Gary. 
You better believe it. Um, the the uh, no, we funny we were saying backstage in the green room before we started. Uh, Ryan was saying of everybody who was doing their awards, I sort of have it not nearly the easiest because I had a good five six month chunk in the middle where we didn't have any wrestling. They did stuff up until April, and then we started in September again, and I could come out of hibernation and, and watch NXT UK again. Um, but we've got kind of five sensible awards and then a couple of, of random ones of mine put into it. But I want to start off with Feud of the Year. And without a doubt, there were a few things that we could have gone for. There were a few awards, that are a few different feuds that they'd set up, a few mini feuds that lasted a few weeks. But Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven had crossed paths virtually all year, nonstop since January. Um, and then during the when the break came up, and then after the break, um, we came back to them again, and they had their stuff in um, their match, their false kind of match in November. Their great match, so therefore they they were the big pick and the obvious pick um, yep. for me for a few of the year. Um, I'm going to intersperse them and say with some of my random ones, comeback of the year. Now, some people might think, yeah, comeback of the year. Who is the wrestler that's got the comeback of the year? Oh, it's not a who, it's a what. The three-minute round, the return of the 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 of like the wrestling I grew up on, World of Sport, three-minute rounds was great. And I, I be honest, I wasn't nearly sure when this came back how this would go down and how people would see it, but it, it's gone down brilliantly. Um, the round stuff worked really well in the Heritage Cup. And so I hope that it's going to keep, um, this is going to keep going. We'll see more three minute round stuff as we go and, and kind of um, what's old is going to become new again. It'll be great. Tag team of the year. Yeah, NXT UK has been good because there's been so many tag teams that they've brought and developed, especially since we've come back in September. But um, the one constant throughout have been Gallus who have been champions since October 2019. And apart from a loss on the main NXT card uh, in the States against uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish in January, other than that, they've defeated Imperium, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, the grizzled young vets, Danny Birch and Oni Larkin, Mastiff and Webster and Trent Seven and the six-man, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams, pretty deadly. The Hunt, you name them, they've beaten them. Anybody that they've put in front of them, they've taken down. So therefore, there could only be one tag team of the year, um, and that was Gallus. I had to put, not quite put myself in, but the Gary Mahaffey pop of the year, right? I kind of decided, I, I, we were talking again backstage before we started about how big a geek I actually am, right? <laughs> I was sitting on my tea in my lounge watching NXT UK, like months ago, or a few weeks ago, during the Supernova sessions, and they started to talk about Tyler Bate, and I went, oh, great. He's, that's good. They're mentioning him. That's good. And then 20 seconds later, his music started, and he came out, and I literally on my city went, <laughs> and there's the old Daniel Bryan, yes, I know. And it's like, as soon as he appeared, and I, I was sitting on my own in my living room going, what a guy, what are you doing? Um, so to me, if something happened that I really popped myself, um, then he deserved an award for it. So they're yeah. going to be looking. I'm going to be looking out for something next year, which will be interesting. They're, they're going to have to put out all the stops. I'll have to tweet that now and say, right, gents and ladies, you've got 12 months to pop.
pop me again on my settee, which doesn't sound very good, but we'll move on from that at that point. Um, the, the female wrestler of the year. Now, much as with tag team, to me, there was only one person and one uh, girl that could be, and that was Kaylee Ray. Um, she literally, she, she hasn't lost an NXT singles match since um, Worlds Collide many a week in 2019 uh, against Candice LeRae, and she hasn't lost a singles match before that or after that. So uh, there's been the odd tag match that, that she's lost to set up some other singles. But if you haven't lost a singles match in well over a year or 18 months, I think somehow you deserve Female Wrestler of the Year. And so Kaylee Ray, for me, was the obvious choice. With three to go, my last random one is the If at First You Don't Succeed, Try, Try, Try Again Award. Because for the people who've been keeping up with NXT UK, um, poor Jack Stars, he literally he won a dark match. I was looking back. Um, he won a dark match on NXT UK in October 2019, which wasn't shown. But he never won another singles match on NXT UK. He never won another match, period, until the 17th of December when he actually won his match. And I'll be honest, every time he comes out, we've said this before, every time he comes out, we always go, here comes Jack, somebody's going to beat him, and this is to the move them on up the card. And then he won a match last week, and he nearly won the I Pop Gary Award because when he won, I was like, "Oh, bless, bless his cotton socks." He won a match, um, and I, I don't mean that to sound too trite, but it was funny. I was going literally, you've been there and you've stuck around NXT UK for a long time, and finally they gave you your bone and you got your win. So fair play to Jack Stars, he takes that. You know, I'm I'm just as guilty with this too because I keep on calling him NXT UK's resident punching bag. You know, like that's <laughs> poor guy. Just a handprint from Walter when Walter came in. Oh my god! <laughs> it literally was every big guy who comes in. It was like here comes Jack, boom, up in the air. Yeah, yeah, Jack's finally... the first step. yeah. Um, but they got us win against Saxon Huxley in the, in the handicap match. It was all right. Um, two to go. Male wrestler of the year. And this is going to be slightly controversial because if I've gone obvious for tag team and I went obvious for female, the obvious winner would be Walder. And I've not gone for Walder. I've gone for Ilya Dragunov. Um, he started off the year before the pandemic uh, hit. He started off the year and had a few wins over guys, including singles wins over Joe Coffey, who's obviously a top guy in NXT UK. Then we had he won the Battle Royal to be the number one contender, and we had a break. And when we came back after the break, he built up and had his match uh, with Walter for the NXT UK title. So while Walter has held the title for almost two years, um, and has been unbeaten, has, has had some great matches. For me, Ilya Dragunov is an amazing wrestler who got the opportunity this year to show everybody outside of UK and Europe what we already knew. So therefore, to me, um, he deserved Wrestler of the Year because he stepped it up to the point where if, if he had beaten Walter for the title, everybody would have gone, ah, fair enough. Um, so therefore, to me, he deserved the accolades and he deserves to be the first male recipient of the Gary's Award 2020. Um, which does lead us into match of the year. 
which no harm. And I know Uncle Dave was saying this the other day that he reckons that this match is the WWE match of the year, period. Uh, and thanks actually on the NXT awards on the main show tomorrow night um, on USA that he should this match should win as well. Um, but Ilya Dragunov against Walter from October 29th of this year. Literally, if you have not seen it, you need to see it. It's unbelievable. A very New Japan-style match, um, which I wouldn't necessarily have, have said would have been my cup of tea in New Japan main, main event type match. But this was unbelievable. It was over 25 minutes of just brutal match. It was absolutely fantastic. And so, therefore, was well-deserving of the 8 million stars that I gave it um, the day after we watched it. So, therefore, for me, that was match of the year. And I can breathe now. There you go. Those are the first ever Garys. Uh, we'll be keeping a tally to see who's the all-time Garys. Gary, uh, on this show, uh, years and years down the line, make sure we uh, keep track of that. Uh, we are going to uh, go to the stateside version of NXT and our senior NXT correspondent, John Smith. You got the video awards. Yeah, it's uh, the Smitties, and um, I'm going to start off with probably what would be the most obvious, and that would be the women's, the woman of the year, the woman, the woman wrestler of the year, and that's Io Shirai. She's um, she's gone up against everyone and beat them, most of them twice. You know, you're talking Candice LeRae. She beat Charlotte and Rhea Ripley in a triple threat to win the title to begin with. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai. I mean, she's you name them, she's taking them all down. Um, and she's going to be holding on to that belt for a while longer, in my opinion. So, uh, got to go with Io Shirai as the uh, women's superstar of the year. Um, next, I'm going to go to the newcomer of the year. Um, you know, I, I thought it could be Loomis, Dexter Loomis, it could be Cameron Grimes. I, I mean, Technically, I think they showed up in 2019, but I'm talking, you know, made their mark in 2020. Newcomers could even be Leon Ruff, but I'm going with Karrion Cross because Karrion Cross is the guy that just came in and dominated, still hasn't lost, unfortunately got injured um, immediately at, or during the match where he won the, the uh, NXT championship. But um, I, I thought that you couldn't take, give it to anybody else, considering the impact him and you know um, Scarlett had, had on NXT. Um, next, we're gonna go with um, let's see here. Let's go with the match of the year. I'm gonna go with the NXT North American Championship five way ladder match. You got. Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream versus Cameron Grimes versus Bronson Reed dressed like Bam Bam Bigelow and Damian Priest, the one who comes out of it with the with the title. I mean, spot after spot, but it wasn't a bunch of spot monkeys. You know, the, every everything that went on in this match was you know carefully planned out, thought out. I. You know, especially for five guys to go all, all out like that, I, I couldn't give it to anybody else. Um, I actually thought about giving it to Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole just because of how surprising Pat McAfee's skills were. But, you know, I don't think it was nearly as entertaining as this. Um, <clears throat> feud of the year, I got to go with Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Those are my boys. 
uh, between the, you know, just the, what was that, haunt, the haunted house match, and then he had the, um, what was it, the, uh, the blindfold match, which only lasted a few minutes, but was hella entertaining, all the way until the strap match. I mean, Cameron Grimes never got a leg up in this feud, never needed to, because either way, he's going straight to the moon, baby. And, you know, now we got Dexter Loomis hosting the next um, New Year's Evil. How he's going to do that without talking, I don't know. But, I mean, obviously it's going to be his drawings. But it'll be interesting to see if he actually opens his mouth for once. But that I think that that feud is what's catapulting the both of them to stardom and eventually the main roster. <clears throat> Tag team of the year. Um, I got to go with Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. You know, I thought about giving it to the to Imperium. They had the titles for a while. Breezango made a big splash in the middle of the year, winning those titles. But um, I got to give it to Birch and Lorkin because they took advantage of a situation and they've made the most of it. And, you know, now they're holding those titles. Six months ago, if you said Lorkin and Birch were going to be a dominant tag team champion, I don't think anybody, any of us would have believed it, but. I think they look good. They like how they have the mouthpiece of Pat McAfee. And, you know, they, they can talk a little bit, but, you know, their their in-ring work speaks for itself. So I had to give it to them. And then uh, finally I've got male superstar of the year, and he's going to have two Smitties in his hands because I'm giving it to Karrion Cross once again. And, you know, you might think that's kind of a homer pick because I love him so much, but – to be honest, you know, he had the biggest impact on everything that went on in NXT. Uh, Adam Cole did hold that belt for a long time, and I understand that Karrion, or that uh, Keith Lee was the one to finally beat him for it, but Keith Lee also lost it in his first defense, or second defense, because he gave Dijakovic, or should I say T-Bar, a shot at that title the next night. Um, but he... Uh, you know, he ended up losing or having to give up the title the next day, which I also feel is was unjust considering the fact that Finn Balor was out for two months and he got to hold on to his title the entire time. Um, but I think it's he's just keeping it warm for Karrion Cross to go ahead and repeat as male superstar of the year and grab that title back and hold it for a while. There so we go. We have our first ever two-time Smitty Award winner. Uh, <laughs> Cross joins the Street Profits as a two-time Carl with a K Award winner, and I believe Dragonoff got uh, two Garys. So uh, this is this is an interesting competition you got going on here. Uh, we're gonna go uh, in the bottom left portion of the screen here. Uh, again, I am jealous. I am not the one that got to do these awards. John DeConi, our senior Impact correspondent, uh, the show that I didn't realize. I you know this is the. I didn't realize I was going to love this show as much as I did when we started covering it again. I know it won over John Smith. Uh, we enjoy watching the shows together with you when we're able to. Uh, so you can uh, you can take it away here. Who do you got? All right. Let's uh, start from the top here. The male wrestler of the year. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, out of the ordinary to not go with someone who held the world title. But uh, for me, and I'm pretty sure Mr. Carl agrees. Uh, the male superstar of the year in the Impact brand was none other than Rohit Raju. Uh, from a afterthought, uh, a guy who was basically made fun of backstage, 
to a guy who had diesel his way just into an X Division title match. Uh, and the next thing you know, he's chasing Bruno. <laughs> quite quite a year for Rohit Raju, the uh, the defeat Rohit challenge at all, and uh, he's still he's still in the title picture there. He's still making it interesting going into 2021. Uh, our female Impact Wrestler of the Year, uh, probably no surprise here, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, two time Knockouts Champion, uh, came in and beat uh, uh, Jordan. By Valkyrie, who champion. Uh, she uh, she's beaten a demon assassin. She's uh, she's gone through uh, whatever you want to call the undead bride, uh, and she continued to rule. Uh, she, and it looks like she's got an interesting program coming up with Taya as well. Uh, moving on, we have our Impact Tag Team of. Uh, this one is kind of chalk, too, because uh, how do you give it to anyone other than the North who uh, spent a good portion of this year with a record run as the longest-running Kins company? And although things aren't looking great for them these days, even on what is potentially their way out, or at least half of them their way out of the company, they've certainly been entertaining uh, these last couple of weeks. Uh, moving on to the Impact Feud of the Year. This one was tough. Uh, and even though I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of what took place, just for the fact of how much entertainment uh, went on backstage, because one of the members of this feud was pretty much not present most of the time, uh, the Feud of the Year goes to Moose and EC3. Uh, for simply the fact of how many times Moose made me laugh with chasing down, uh, pulling aside Scotty Demore and demanding him help him get back his title, and how many times Scotty had to remind him that the title he was worried about wasn't real, and uh, how many times it suddenly dawned on Moose, I know where I need to be, and he jumped in a car and drove someplace and with absolutely nothing to go on and <laughs> <laughs> no clue, no nothing. But uh, and uh, they did have wrap up to the feud, so a uh, feud in the year Moose and EC3. Uh, moving along to the impact match of the year. Uh, this one was real tough. Uh, one of the uh, participants was in my second favorite match of the year, uh, but I had for the simple fact that there was a title change, and what's more important than this, the Motor City Machine Guns in the North. From the July 21st Impact, uh, the previous week's match between the Rascals and the Motor City Machine Guns was quite earners. When you win the tag team titles, you come back pretty much out of nowhere without missing a step and win the tag team titles. You are the match of the year. Okay, uh, moving along. This is the moment of the year, the Impact moment of the year. Now, this is one that probably won't even be mentioned on Impact Programming because of a confluence of place shortly thereafter and the absolute garbage that turned to that led to this title run not having the impact it should have. And the crowning of a successor was just an absolute disaster. But you just can't overlook the fact that 
to my knowledge, for the first time ever, a major wrestling company with TV and pay-per-view uh, uh, shares in the market on January the 12th of 2020 made Tessa Blanchard a female superstar, their world heavyweight champion. So say what you want about, you know, how things shook out. That was certainly a moment. Okay. Uh, all right. That's, that's it for the straight ahead awards. Now we get into the goofy awards a little bit and you know, it's impact. So who better to have some goofy awards? Uh, the future endeavors impact of the year. The, uh, the persons who simply by being released from WWE and finding their way elsewhere made the biggest impacts on this particular brand. That award goes to Eric Young. Showed up as a surprise entrant, became champion shortly thereafter, nearly ended the career of another wrestler before setting him on a course to become champion himself. And now he seems to be starting his very own cult. So <laughs> when you look at the fact that he was underutilized terribly in New York, as they like to refer to it, uh, what an impact he has had just by switching brands and actually being utilized. All right. Bear with here because this one, as much as I clap my gums, this one's going to take a little extra nation. This one was originally called the here's what really grinds my gears award. Uh, it wound up with a slightly different title or extended title because, uh, as I've said many times, my, uh, my notes are very close, uh, every week. I've got the, 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 the run of the last week's show, whatever preview we have of the upcoming show. Then I always have a little section down the bottom of miscellaneous and comments a lot of it is SpongeBobable, so a lot of it doesn't make air. And sometimes it's actually kind of like therapy. It's just me bitching and moaning about something I don't like, which keeps me from getting a little negative on air because we like to keep things light and positive on the EWP. So this one went from the here's what really grinds my gears to the shut up and let the pros handle this award. I had been complaining from her debut that Perrazzo, who was, you know, basically uh, handed a title before she put her uh, bag down in the locker room. She was the virtuosa. She was. She came with so much ballyhoo, and yet her finishing maneuver was the Fujiwara armbar. And I said, "Well, but come on, let's put a little effort." Virtuosa. Why isn't her finishing maneuver called the magnum opus or something to that? Something with that kind of weight to it. Well, uh, Impact Creative and or Deanna herself basically told me to shut up by coming up with an even better idea. And the double Fujiwara armbar was then after a statue missing both its arms. And uh, a tip of the cap, credit where credit is due. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, I've mentioned this one before just because it has a special place in my heart. Um, I called it the, uh, the, the Bernstein Bears or Glitch in the Matrix oh, uh, moment of the year because this is one of those things that uh, I think they call it the uh, Mandela effect. When a whole bunch of people remember something and it turns out we all remember it wrong and it didn't really happen. 
Glitch in the Matrix winner of the year, Jordan Grace winning the X Division title. It was uh, it was a quite entertaining moment. Uh, it, uh, as you can see in the background there, it also involved the male wrestler of the year, Raju. Uh, there was just nothing not to love about this moment. In fact, it was immediately overturned and therefore taken from all records. Coming along, our penultimate award, the commentary moment of the year. If you know me as a wrestling fan, you know I love a good commentary quip, especially a heel commentary quip. This one came from Slammiversary uh, as Josh Matthews was introing Deanna Perrazzo and saying how she was where she thought she wanted to be. And then one day she realized she just wasn't all that happy. To which Kat quips back. And so you're saying she did her time in the Stanford Supermax. Like you and me, kid. <laughs> and that one, that one gave me quite a chuckle. So Don Callis, that's the best commentary moment of the year. And finally, because it is Impact Wrestling, the playing haha moment of the year, <laughs> which Impact does plenty of. And there was a plethora of moments to choose from. We had Swoggle spending most of a match in a garbage can, unbeknownst to anyone other than Tommy Dreamer, emerging to grab Brian Myers by the family jewels with barbecue tongs. We had the many, many creepy moments of Swingman, uh, many occupations of Tommy Dreamer, and all the hilarity But the playing haha moment of the year goes to an ensemble, the uh, wrestler's court segment, the boys versus Johnny Swinger. Nothing has made me laugh quite so much in wrestling, and I can't remember how long. So, everything from Uncle Phil, there he is, <laughs> to uh, Tommy Dreamer grabbing John Bravo by, there you go. Uh, and just everything that took place had me laughing nonstop. And in the end, Swingman, not guilty. And those are and we all the rejoice for, for the Swingman. <laughs> oh, Daddy, what's with all the heat, Daddy? Warren, you were a neck brace and it wasn't even an accident. It's for the sympathy, Daddy. It's for the sympathy. <laughs> Um, and then on our, our last group of awards, sitting up here patiently, our, our lovable, our respectable, uh, our sheriff, Tyler Adele. Uh, Tyler, I know it's, we've, been, we've been going on for about an hour here. Uh, we haven't said that much. we got we got to take a lot longer than I thought. But uh, Ty, take all the time you need. Go through. Do what you got to do. You are going to be laying the smacketh down with your awards. Yeah, I mean, you know, the SmackDown Awards, uh, some were pretty, you know, in plain sight. You know, I, I've obviously, I tried my best to throw in some humor ones. Uh, I'll give you a start with uh, Male Wrestler of the Year. It's a no-brainer. It goes to Roman Reigns. He, he's absolutely dominated since he came back. The storytelling behind him has been phenomenal. You know, I know a lot of people called for him to have a uh, heel turn at some point. Um, which we got, which is fantastic. And then, you you know, throwing Paul Heyman into the mix, which I don't think anybody ever expected, just makes it even better. That was jaw-dropping. Yeah, it's 
why not? And you know what? It's working. And I, you know, it might have been one of the uh, last shows I had been on before my proctology hiatus. But I think I, I think I even called on one of the shows that I didn't think that was going to last very long. I thought it was going to fail. And I'm glad I'm wrong because it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, female wrestler of the year. Again, I think it's a shoe in. It's Sasha Banks. She's been, you know, between, you know, tag team with Bailey, her singles runs, you know, being a SmackDown Women's Champion again. It's it's been in, it's been Sasha Banks' year, no question about it. Uh, going with best match of the year, uh, and it's going to go to Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Uh, it. Anything that's involved Roman Reigns right now, it, again, has been fantastic. Tying the whole family into it has been amazing. Uh, you know, the element with Hell in a Cell, having Jimmy come in, try to break things up a little bit. And, you know, R- Roman is a little crocodile tears towards the end of that match. They got me. I, I thought I thought this was the, all right, this is the end of heel Roman Reigns. I have to hate him again. And he, he got me good, which ties me into my next award for Feud of the Year <laughs> again. Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. It's they, I haven't seen storytelling this good probably since at least Daniel Bryan and The Authority, and before that, CM Punk and Triple H. That whole saga. That that's the last time I've seen storytelling this fantastic. Uh, going into male moment of the year, there's definitely a few that could have. Uh, could have taken this award, but I had to go with the one that I picked. Nobody else didn't. Onus taking money in the bank. Uh, I know nothing eventually really came of it. Uh, it's just it, it could have been the start of something great. Unfortunately, he no longer has that briefcase. I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, it, it's a shame. Hey, I'm staring at the picture now. You're cramming it down my face that he doesn't have that briefcase anymore. Because it, it could have, it could have been great. It, I really think it could have been. Uh, going with female moment of the year, I, I had to add. Uh, I had to add this one in just to throw a little jab. Sasha Banks in 2020 got her first ever successful title defense. Again, just throwing a little jab. Uh, you know, it's for someone like Sasha Banks who should have been a champion that was for a lengthy period of time before this. It's actually kind of a shock it took this long for her to get a, t- a successful title defense. But I'm, I'm happy for her. She's doing well. Uh, going into my fairly goofy awards, uh, I actually had a tie for uh, my what the hell are they doing with this guy award. Uh, it's a split down the middle between Aleister Black and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh Alistair Black, a couple of years back, came in hot after WrestleMania, was doing great, and he's just fizzled out to being almost completely, almost gone. And same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura. He gets a Royal Rumble, has his nice little heel turn on AJ Styles at WrestleMania. It's, again, for a guy who's had such a fantastic career outside the company, come here, and now he seems to be on the decline, I guess, ever since he dropped the, title, the tag title with Cesaro. It's just, you know, I, I feel for him. Uh, I have a uh, I'm Not Crying, You're Crying award. Uh, I know this is not directly tied to SmackDown, but from my childhood, he's always was a SmackDown guy for me at least. It was The Undertaker's final farewell. Um, again, I know it's not directly tied to SmackDown. That's where my childhood of him is from. Uh, it's just, 
you could the only thing that would have made this send off better would to be doing in front of a full arena. You know, the the hologram or CGI of Paul Bear was fantastic. Everybody coming to the ring beforehand, amazing. Uh, it's just 30 years of uh, excellence like that. You can't really ask for a better send-off. And then finally, uh, when I was doing some research to try and find a way to uh, hand out some awards, uh, I was going through the SmackDown roster and picked up on a name I didn't even know was still there. Um, apparently, Kane is still a SmackDown superstar, so he gets the uh, Wait, You're Still on the Roster award. Uh, I figured he was gone with all of, with you know being uh, Mayor Kane. Um, apparently, he's still under a contract, so this one was kind of interesting. I just thought I'd throw this one in there for fun. Uh, Al, before we keep going, um, I have something from me and Joe. Um, pretty much, when we were talking about the podcast at the beginning of the year, we never thought we were going to start it this quick, uh, let alone have one explode as fast as we did. Uh, I've been obviously in and out. Ryan's been a big help. Gary's been great. John and John have been awesome. So me and Joe were talking and uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, the EWP through the Eastern Observers recognizes an award-winning podcast. So you guys are being recognized as podcast team of the year. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, guys, uh, the contributions that have gone with you guys for uh, for well, what you've done, helping Eastern Observer grow, helping I-95 grow. Um, I, I think you know why I wanted to go last now. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it means a lot to me, myself. I know it means a lot to Joey McMahon. Um, it's just <laughs> – it's, uh, you know – the, we're trying to grow. We're trying to get bigger, and we honestly couldn't get to the point we're at now without you guys. So thank you. Yeah, and, and Tyler, you know what? I would, I'd love to, I would love to take the credit on this one. This ain't us. This, this is everybody watching. Like, as long as the people watching uh, are having laughing along as we are, I've been getting comments. Jason Weston's been commenting. A couple people have been commenting about certain awards. Uh, there we go. This is. Jason Wesson, you know, it took Sasha Banks becoming a Mandalorian to defend the title. So, I mean, people have been chiming in. I haven't been able to, you know, get to everybody uh, with the comments, but it's, it's because of everybody watching at home. You guys, we, we're we having fun here. We just want you guys to watch and laugh along with us. Uh, that is the most important thing for us. Uh, so, uh, Tyler, one last thing before we switch gears to SmackDown. You actually also gave the Street Profits the Tag Team of the Year. Uh, they are now, I guess, uh, three-time award winners. Yeah. I would have given it to the New Day, but I, fi I kind of figured we were going with who's on the roster at the moment because uh, I know New Day spent the majority of the year there, so they would have been my second. I kind of figured yeah. we would go with New Day, but thanks for ruining that. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are going to uh, switch gears. We're going to head to SmackDown, but before we do, uh, Ryan Joy, we will see you in a little bit. Uh, we appreciate that. We'll see you back for your Wrestle Kingdom picks. Check your phone. I just sent you something, actually. Uh, Ryan, we'll see you. And, Gary, unfortunately, this is where we bid you adieu for the year 2020. It was a god-awful year, but seeing you uh, since the relaunch of NXT UK has just made everything so much better. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show. As Actually, as Tyler mentioned before as well, uh, we appreciate the time, the effort, and staying up way too late. You're five hours ahead over there. We appreciate that. 
No, no problem anytime. See you in 2021, gents. We'll see you in 2021, Gar. Happy New Year. The legend, Gary Maheffy. <laughs> the legend. That life, yes, he is the legend, the icon. So we are going to uh, – that took a lot longer than I thought. An hour and eight minutes. Okay, so we're going to try to uh, get through this really quickly. Uh, we got a couple shows to go through. Tyler just did the SmackDown Awards, so we'll transition right to that. Um, absolutely amazing episode on Christmas Day. They It was four matches, and it was perfect. Like, it was absolutely – Perfect minded, and it, it all capped off at the end. We all kind of picked it because, like, okay, what's, what's a nice way to celebrate Christmas here? And that's with the new Intercontinental Champion, John DeConi. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I started to get a little worried that, uh, you know, we were about 10 minutes from the, the end of what would have been a normal show, but luckily they allowed them to run over a little bit to give these guys some time to work. Uh, we had our Lumberjack match. Uh, and in fact, the lumberjacks began brawling, and that almost allowed Sammy to escape up the ramp. He, at this point, really wanted no part of Big E. Uh, Apollo Cruz, thank goodness, ran him down, dragged back to the ring, uh, and in a in a pretty quick uh, transition and uh, closing sequence, Big E hit a belly to belly, a big splash, and the big ending for the big win and the new big champ, IC champion, second time, Big E. Yeah, it's been a lot of years in between uh, two title runs for him. Uh, it was a great match. Again, it, it capped off an absolutely great Christmas episode. Um, he's going to get right back at it this Friday. He's going to get King Corbin. I, uh, they have not mentioned all week, um, all weekend uh, during football. They always run SmackDown promotions on Fox uh, during the Fox games. They didn't mention it. And then last night on Raw, Phillips didn't mention it either. So this seems like it's going to be a non-title match, Tyler. So who do you got? I'm going to take Big E on this one. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I know it's non-title. I know it doesn't, you know. It, I think right now the mom, uh, carrying the momentum with Big E matters a little bit more than a King Corbin victory. All right, John Smith. Yeah, I'm definitely going with Big E on this one. Close the year out right for Big E. All right, John DeConi. Uh, assuming that Big E is too exhausted from uh, being condos and Sammy's behind, I believe he will take this match. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. That was the most absurd post-match interview I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, how Elise's jaw didn't hit the ground. Be like, what the hell are you talking about? She was actually laughing along, but that was, oh my God, if anyone has not seen that, um, I saw the article. The article was like, Big E, Big e gets graphic in post-match interview. How graphic could he possibly? Okay, he's building a condominium in Sandy Grant's butt cheeks. Okay, so I guess that's his part. But that was absolutely insane. Um, definitely looked that up. Uh, John Smith, the night started. Uh, they came out hot with the, with the Universal Championship match. Um, and the big dog, the head of the table, the Tribal Chief. Yeah, they. I guess they knew how to keep the eyeballs on the on the screen this week because they went with 3.3 million viewers and the start off with the steel cage match between Kevin Owens and your biggest guy and the champion for the championship. It was very good match, you know, kind of basic for a steel cage match. I think uh, because the feud's going to keep going and they didn't want to pull out all the stops. 
you know, nobody jumped off the top of the cage. I was hoping to see a, a big splash from Kevin Owens off the top. But, um, you know, the normal cop-out of Jey Uso coming out and interfering, handcuffs Kevin Owens to the to the cage. It was a lame ending to a really good match, but it was also, you know, the, the best way to start the start the show, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It went right from NFL football into wrestling. I mean, I you know, for me, I, I'm John. I'm sure for you guys as well. You can't get any better than that on Christmas. Uh, and it said a lot of national audience. I'm sure it was uh, Philly and Dallas. I was watching Seattle and, and the Rams. But uh, you had all these football eyes watching, and then uh, the exact number of people that watch football. Tyler, maybe you know better than I how many people watch football on Sunday on TV ratings. But getting all those getting into Friday Night SmackDown, that was a brilliant idea, starting with Roman and the, and the cage with Kevin Owens. Um, or, you know, 3.3 million, Charlotte Flair's back. Is this a coincidence? Yes. I don't think so. I think all these all of the wrestling fans are coming back because Charlotte Absolutely Flair was on SmackDown. Okay, bye. I wasn't finding that funny. Okay. And yet, <laughs> some people call it a coincidence. Uh, Vince McMahon hey, I told you Charlotte was a draw. Um, so there was a triple threat, triple team elimination match for the tag team championships in the women's division. Oscar and Charlotte, they went against uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair against Bailey and Carmella. Now, match aside, Charlotte and Oscar ended up winning. We all figured they were going to win. Uh, Bailey got a pin on Sasha Banks. Uh, I'm, no, I'm sorry, Sasha Banks got a pin on Bailey after frog splash. Bianca Belair got pinned uh, by Charlotte after a code breaker into an actual collection. Uh, but just looking at the six women in that match, and I'm just thinking like that, how many? There's a lot of like history with these six women. So I, I, I looked it up, put this all together. Between the six women that were in that match, you had 12 Raw, tag, uh, Raw championships, 10 SmackDown championships. Well, today, actually, Sasha Banks just tallied up into four digits. Today is the thousandth day uh, uh, cumulative between these six women as SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, five NXT Championship reigns for 1,257 days, and a healthy majority of that was Asuka. Four different tag team title reigns. So we're totaling 31 championship reigns for over 3,200 days um, with these six women, uh, which includes one WrestleMania main event, which includes three championships uh, successfully defended at WrestleMania, two championships won at WrestleMania. Carmella won a battle royal. Uh, two Royal Rumble wins by Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Four Money in the Bank ladder match wins. Two of those by Carmella. She won them uh, two Money in the Bank matches in the same week, which was incredible. Uh, two TLC matches won by Asuka. An Elimination Chamber win by Sasha and Bailey to become the first ever tag champions. Two Hell in a Cell match wins and three uh, survivals in a Survivor Series elimination match. Um, and I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm throwing all this out, and I'm saying six, and I'm saying six, and all six women. Uh, it's actually only five of them because none of those were Bianca Belair. So – that list can only just improve tenfold once Bianca Belair starts rolling. So, um, fun match with them. They got all the women. They're, they're, they're big-time women, I guess, is the point of this. That was the significance of those six women being in this specific episode. Uh, that was not by accident. Um, and then Tyler, uh, in the midst of all this, we actually got uh, Jay Uso dumped Daniel Bryan a couple of weeks ago. DB finally got his redemption here. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought the whole match, the start to the match was great. You know, Daniel Bryan gets attacked on the ramp on his way out, led on by a fantastic match. Um, you know, I obviously at the end of the day, this all just probably leads into Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan at the Rumble. Um, I thought for storytelling purposes, again, they did great. You know, Daniel Bryan really sold his injury as he sells his injuries very well. Jey Uso sold his uh, leg injury after being dumped over the top rope very well. Overall, it was probably, for me, it was the second or third best match of the night. Nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely great match. And I, I saw that match. And I was, you know, I got, ooh, like Gary. You know, ooh, I, I can't do it as well as him. But that's, uh, yeah, I got excited. I've been waiting for Daniel Bryan to get him some of Jey Uso for a while now. And then after the match, Tyler, I, know, I don't mean the – to go against what you said here, uh, they're not going to get out at the Rumble because Daniel Bryan announced he was the first official entrant in the Rumble. So uh, oh, yeah. he will be partaking in that. And then, like I said, that, that could, you know, it might not be the Rumble, but it could be WrestleMania because uh, he is an early odds-on favorite, in my view, uh, to win that. Um, also, I think I just accidentally deleted the graphic, but uh, Seth Rollins, the SmackDown savior, he will be making his return uh, this Friday, New Year's Day on SmackDown. Uh, last we saw him was at the Survivor Series, making the ultimate sacrifice um, and just getting pinned right off the bat without throwing a punch. Again, very uh, Jesus Christ-like by Seth Rollins. Switching gears to last night's edition of Monday Night Raw, and I have to say, this this show picked it up as well. I, I really enjoyed this episode last night. Um, I thought it was a lot more wrestling, a lot less talking. I thought the matches, all the matches were great. And they all were extended. You know, I guess we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the show started off with Keith Lee and Sheamus. They uh, with the winner becoming uh, the next challenger for Drew McIntyre, uh, which was won by Keith Lee um, after a spirit bomb, uh, a little altercation beforehand uh, with Sheamus Lee and McIntyre about them vouching for everything last week, blah, 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 blah. Uh, fast forward, we got Legends Night, and it is going to be uh, Keith Lee challenging for the WWE Championship. John DeConi, uh, what do you think on this one? <clears throat> uh, I think with uh, with all the stuff that's going to be going on uh, with the legends and whatnot, uh, I think that's going to be a night where they're not terribly worried about the wrestling itself. So I think uh, certainly McIntyre will walk out with the strip still over his shoulder, but whether or not he uh, actually wins or if uh, Sheamus gets involved and attacks Keith Lee, uh, that I wouldn't want to put a bet on, but uh, I'm sure McIntyre will leave with the strap. Yeah, Tyler, you're nodding your head. I'm gonna, I'm kind of in agreement too. Sheamus is, he's gonna get involved in this. This isn't gonna be so cut and dry. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think in some form, this may or may not uh, end up turning into some type of a triple threat match later down the road. Uh, maybe the Rumble, maybe not. I guess it depends on where the this match and the Rumble would fall on that card. But there's no way that Sheamus doesn't stick his head into this. John Smith. Yeah, you got to go with Drew and then the interference with Sheamus and all that. There's no way Keith Lee's coming out of the, there with the belt. I think it's more about him, you know, getting the spotlight in, in front of all the legends, you know, so he's got something to tell his kids about one day, you know. I'm kind of thinking that Sheamus gets involved and attacks Keith Lee. Ref sees it, so Keith Lee wins by disqualification. I can see this being a triple threat at the Rumble, to be honest with you. Um, if it's not just going to be McIntyre, Sheamus one-on-one, you can easily put Keith Lee and make this a triple threat, and that would be really fun to watch. 
So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go that route then. I'll go Keith Lee win by disqualification. Um, Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss. Uh, hey, wow, that got uh, – Randy came out, started talking trash. Alexa Bliss on her playground. She had another – I guess then Randy Orton went back to the, 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 the Firefly Funhouse, started killing all the animals. Rastly, uh, Rambling Rabbit, excuse me, got his head pulled off. Uh, Huskus got punched in the face. Um, I cried on that one. But uh, <laughs> Alexa did not like that. She challenged Randy not to a match, but to light her on fire where the camera went off right when Randy may or may not have done it. And honest to God, we're sitting there watching, my wife and I, shout out to Randy Orton. He lets that match burn down extremely close to his finger. Like, I, 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 you know, I would have dropped it. Oops. Sorry, Alexa. But he uh, he holds that thing very, very close. Very high tolerance for pain. Good for him. Uh, John DeConi, there was an eight-man tag. Here we go. WWE ripping off AEW again. Uh, there's an eight-man <laughs> tag team match between <laughs> the Hurt Business against uh, what was the name? Uh, the, the the positively Hardy Bro or Hardy something? Yeah, was, was, positively was, Hard Bros, and then they were the, the little bronies. They're all stallion. Uh, okay, so this one starts uh, with uh, even before it got to the ring, uh, just uh, for. You know, to be all inclusive here, Bob uh, Ashley declared himself for the Royal Rumble, or actually MVP, I believe, did it for him. Uh, so we get into what was an absolute uh, just this match was mostly mayhem. There, there was very little one on one in the ring for most of it. It was outside, it was all around. Uh, we, had, uh, we had a nice moment where Woods hit, as uh, Tom Phillips, I believe, called it, the big Harper clothesline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on Cedric, uh, which led to a hearty swanton and Lashley breaking up the cover. And uh, round and round they went. Uh, Shelton took uh, the knee to the face. Uh, Hardy hit the, went for the twist of fate. Uh, Lashley grabbed him, spun him around, put him in a, a hurt lock once again. And uh, he started tapping like Bailey. And uh, once again, the hurt business comes away with you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Lashley becomes the second person in the Royal Rumble. And again, uh, Jeff Hardy, I believe he charged for, like the, the chin breaker, you said, right? And uh, Lashley just reversed it. Uh, Tyler, uh, Mustafa Ali, uh, he's hell-bent on having Ricochet join Retribution. And uh, just like Rich, uh, Ricochet was with the Hurt business, he kept on denying, he kept on saying no, kept on saying no. Tyler, Tyler, you're uh, you're there's no your microphone's not on. Got it now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, again, this is some fantastic storytelling that's going on. Uh, you know, Ricochet keeps denying uh, retribution, denying uh, Mustafa Ali. Uh, obviously, you know, comes out on top. Uh, well, comes out on top after the match, I should say. Uh, fights off almost the entire retribution during the match. Still manages to keep his way out of there. Um, I might be alone in this. I do see him joining eventually. I don't know when, but I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, Elias was sitting there playing his guitar for Jackson Riker. A uh, very romantic setting in the locker room. That was fun. Uh, yeah. Knock on the door. Apparently the neighbors were complaining about the uh, the music that Elias was playing. And those neighbors just happened to be almost an AJ Styles. Uh, so John Smith, uh, we got a little heel on heel action here. 
you know me with the heel on heel action, man. And I, I love bully AJ, AJ with the brain of with his knowing that he has almost behind him to do whatever he wants and he can (laughs) say whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. It's awesome. And, you know, he tells he tells Elias he's gonna break his fingers. Beat <laughs> done now. Um, but the you know the match the match worked out pretty well. I mean, you know, it was you know your standard Monday night raw, you know, middle of the hour match where they were just you know getting getting almost over a little bit. I think all four of these guys are gonna end up in the rumble. So we're gonna see this continuing, and you know them, you know, almost throwing out all of them, and possibly even throwing out AJ by mistake at some point. I'd, I'd like to see a little rift between them, but AJ really can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's, it's AJ. It's he's he. This whole thing started or whatever. He started, but he's he's still ornery about what happened in the money and the, and, uh, the TLC match. Well, with Miz's involvement, and uh, it's 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 still he wants a title shot. He wants a title. So I'm still in the book. I'm still in the clear here. I'm actually legging my pick of Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles in my article a little bit more each and week as we're getting closer and closer. And a Royal Rumble win. Uh, like I said, I had it's with that. It's right now the two odds on favorites to me, at least AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. So it all depends on which way they want to go with it. Uh, in the women's division action, Shayna Baszler defeated Dana Brooke with the Caribou Clutch. Uh, and then Charlotte Flair defeated Nia Jax via disqualification after Shayna Baszler hooked her with the Caribou Clutch. It was Caribou Clutch night by Shayna Baszler. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Graham McAleek defeated The Miz after a Somerset roll-up, uh, but then backstage, as uh, right before the uh, main event, Postman Pierce, uh, you know, Miz, Miz found the loophole in the rule. Miz had to be the one to cash in the Money in the Bank contract. Um and Morrison was the one that did it. So Miz was actually giving his his briefcase back. He's got it back. He's happy now. And he did probably a better uh, Joker dance down the staircase than the Joker did. So uh, kudos to the Miz for that. So close. If it wasn't for The Undertaker retiring, uh, he would have got the Carl with a K award for moment of the year. That was absolutely beautiful. Tyler, on that note, because you look like somebody just uh, peed in your Cheerios when I was talking about that. Um, on that note, Tyler, uh, we will bid you adieu. We're going to switch gears to NXT, which, as I said, you're, uh, you're a little behind right now. It's a little out of your jurisdiction. So, uh, but, Tyler, thank you again. It's this, all, this whole thing, you want to give us an award? Well, this whole thing started with you, pal. Uh, this was your idea. You're the one that came to me. You're the one. It is, this is you are the sheriff. You will always be our sheriff. And uh, thank you for putting this together, pal. We appreciate it. We're having a lot of fun here. I appreciate it. And, you know, my idea or not, I can't do it without you. We couldn't do it without John and John. You couldn't do it while I was gone without everybody else. At the end of the day, it's the award-winning Essential Wrestling Podcast, and we're all a team here. Exactly. Tyler, think about that. It took four people to replace you. Four. We had to get one of the guys' own show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, I didn't, you know me. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to have to step away. Pro, you know, proctology comes first. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, great to have you back, buddy. Happy New Year to you. We will see you soon. Yep, see you soon. All right, so now we're down to three. Boom. Well, a little quick on the draw on that one. All right, we got to hustle through NXT here. We're at an hour and a half, and we still got trivia with Ryan Joy later. So uh, we're gonna uh, kind of fast forward this if we possibly can, boys. Um. 
Uh, actually, my wife got a phone call, uh, so I had to put the TV on mute. So uh, it was Velveteen Dream just coming out of the shower. It looked like he was wearing a shower cap. I had no idea what he was saying. It was I was confused. And then all of a sudden, they were in the main event, and Adam Cole won. Uh, don't know what the story is, but he hit the last shot for the victory. Uh, John DeConi, Rhea Ripley defeated uh, Dakota Kai. That was big win to get to, uh, Rhea back on the winning uh, winning side of things here. Absolutely. And uh, Raquel Gonzalez was banned from the side, so of course she just came out and watched most of the match from the top of the ramp. Uh, and uh, Rhea hit the riptide for the win and stared down Raquel the whole time during the pin. Uh, which led to Raquel coming to the ring and a brawl ensuing. And, of course, round and round they go. Uh, real quick, Jason. Well, he, Jason knows where you can get comments on air. If he mentions the MCU, I'm going to put him on air. He, we are the EWP Avengers. So we uh, we assembled uh, today. We went six strong. So <laughs> Jason knows his way to my heart. This is the Avengers <laughs> and the MCU. Uh, Tony Storm wants the, uh, wants the NXT women's title. Uh, Io Shirai run to the ring wanting Tony Storm, but she actually got Mercedes Martinez. Uh, and for those of you who do not know who Mercedes Martinez, she was uh, Powerpuff, I believe, in Retribution uh, for a hot second before she now I guess she's back in NXT. So Io Shirai got her some of Martina, uh, Mercedes Martinez, which is not something uh, you want to have happen to you. So uh, she was slamming her into the side of the ring, then threw her into the announce table to the side. That was new. What did that before? John Smith, we had an NXT Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Fury and Furry, I believe, right? They get it done? Yeah, I don't like that furry thing because it just makes me think of some real disgusting stuff. Uh, you know, I watch too much South Park. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, they didn't even, we didn't even get to hear their, their entrance music, which I love so much, because they attacked Lorcan and Birch on the uh, on the entrance ramp on during their um, during their entrance. You know, they finally made their way to the ring. You know, it was a street fight, so there was you know there was some stuff going on at the beginning. There was you know a nice bump by Lorcan on those chairs. He got back body dropped onto the chairs. Um, pretty a couple weak table spots towards the middle and end. Um, you know, Drake whipping the both of them with his belt was pretty hardcore. Oh, and then yeah. he and then he takes that DDT finish, and that was that. But it was a it was a good match. I hope I hope they keep it going. I hope this isn't the only time we see these two teams go at it. Yeah, I have uh, I have in my notes right here. It was a street fight. Uh, and normally in street fights there are no rules, but apparently there was only one rule in this match, and that was Dane and Maverick had to tag in and out, but Lorcan and Birch didn't. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else caught that, but you know, like it's Lorcan and Birch do whatever they want, but you know, Dane and, and, and Drake had to tag in and out. That was really random. But anyway, uh, John Smith, uh, sticking with you, Isaiah Swerve Scott, he got uh, he got the retribution win, no pun intended. He got uh, the retaliation. That's what I'm looking for. Win against uh, Jake Atlas, and then I have here in my notes. Celebrated like he won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. I mean, he, you know, he felt a little embarrassed. I think because of the loss to Atlas last time, and you know, Atlas slapped him across the face at the beginning of this match, and you know, by the end, he just wanted that. He he needed that win, and you know, they there was a few reversals. Ended up with, um, you know, it's almost like a one winged angel that that Swerve does. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a reverse. 
the guy's facing the other way. You got to use the ropes, whatever, whatever. But yeah, he did act like a like a big old baby after he like it was the first time he's ever won anything in his life. But <laughs> you know, I don't think this one's over either. No, no, they're tied at one one right now. Uh, so let's we'll see where it goes with there. Uh, Bronson Reed came back. He defeated Asante Diodonis with a tsunami splash. Uh, he had a little lizard on his shoulder now, which is fun. I guess he's going with the the the, the Godzilla, you know, get the, the lizard on his shoulder now. Anyway, uh, John DeCani, Tyler Rust was in action again. Indeed he was against uh, uh, Ari Divari. Uh, he came down with uh, his, his new buddy there, Malcolm Bivens. Uh, and I'm telling you, I can't wait to see this guy get into a real feud with someone that where they can have, you know, 12 and 18 and 20 minute matches because his offense just looks impressive. I mean, he ended this match via submission with what looked like the rings of Saturn, only he used his legs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. It was, it was impressive. And he just, the guy looks the part and he absolutely can go. So I'm looking forward to some really big things from him in the future. I have it labeled in my notes as an, Arms bending in the wrong way submission. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do believe he is under uh, 205, so he's in the right weight class if he, if he gets those 15 to 20-minute matches, so that'd be absolutely perfect. Uh, the Gargano Christmas, we'll fast forward right now. If you saw it, it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, just the, the one thing I'll point out, they, they, they have the old-school you know, camera with the 1990s date in the can corner now. That was funny. Yeah, they were making the old home video style of uh, production with it. I thought that was really nice. I had a touch. Gave them all gifts. It was funny. It was great. It was a very merry Gargano Christmas. Uh, Leon Ruff defeated Timothy Thatcher with a small package because Thatcher kept on looking for Ciampa, uh, who never ended up showing up. And that actually actually uh, ended up being the distraction for Thatcher because Ciampa never showed. Uh, so um, then Thatcher and then Ciampa ended up showing up afterwards. Uh, post-match, jumped him, beat him, said we'll see in a fight pit. So we got a fight pit coming at New Year's Eve. We'll get to that next week. But due to this win over Timothy Thatcher, uh, Commissioner Regal, he's giving Leon Ruff his championship rematch, a championship rematch. Uh, he's going to challenge Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. John DeCani as our senior NXT correspondent. What do you got? I think you meant to go to Smith there, but uh, oh, I'm sorry, John Smith. I'm sorry, yeah. My, my, my oh. was on autopilot there for a second. Sorry, John Smith is our senior NXT correspondent. Who you got? Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Johnny to retain in some sort of fashion because I don't like they they threw Leon Ruff his bone to get him to make him relevant. Now he's got to go do something, you know, without having that title on his shoulders, you know, because it's not going to be around his waist because it doesn't fit him. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen this already, John DeCani. Are we going to see it again? I, I think Johnny finds a way to hold on here as as thoroughly entertaining as it would be to see him lose his mind uh, by losing to Leon Ruff again. I, I think he finds a way out. Uh, Ryan Joy just chimed in the Gargano curse. He still hasn't had a title defense, right? So this would be uh, his Sasha Banks moment. Um, if he went there, I think he'll get it. I think, again, the way we interfered, uh, Austin Theory specifically, uh, you know, you know, if indie uh, indie wrestling is in a neck brace and Candice wrestling is still in an arm bang, uh, broken hand, it's gonna have to be Austin Theory. 
maybe theory. Uh, and then the other fun match that they sign is, uh, again, the Undisputed Era versus Pete Dunne is just never ending, and I am not complaining about it. Uh, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne, they're going to get back at it. And this, this goes back a very long time, specifically to the 2018 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, where these two men were partners, made it all the way to the finals. Um, and then in the final, uh, well, actually, you know, the final take two, because the Undisputed Era ruined the first one. This was the heel. This was the heel turn. This was the jump to the Undisputed Era for uh, Roderick Strong screwing over Pete Dunne and allowing Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly to win the the Dusty Cup and retain the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, it was a two for one shot on that one. So John Lacani, we'll start with you on this one. Who you got? Uh, based on absolutely nothing, I just know this match is going to be fantastic. I'll go with Roddy Strong because I feel like uh, the Undisputed Era is starting to roll again. All right, John Smith. I think Pete Dunn takes this one because, you know, Roddy is definitely the loser of the group, so he doesn't need to He doesn't need to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Pete Dunn as well. I just think that Pete Dunn, he's eventually going to get that crack at Finn Balor. Um, you know, spoiler alert that I think Finn Balor is going to be Kyle O'Reilly next week, but uh, I think it, it's eventually going to come down. To, is it, we just got, we got a tease of it. You know, we could have had it and we didn't. You know, it's like now everyone wants it. So I think you got to keep Pete Dunn uh, going, uh, going uh, big here. So he's good to go for that. All right, gentlemen, uh, we are going to give you a little bit of a break. That was an hour and a half strong for you guys. Uh, plus, we're going to bring in Ryan Joy for a hot second to go over Wrestle Kingdom. So please don't go far. He's going to give the fast-forward version so we can get the trivia and get out of here. All right? Indeed. Hey, Ryan. How's everything going, pal? Glad to see your uh, beautiful face again. How are things? Very good. Very good. Thank you. And, and yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do an abbreviated version of Wrestle Kingdom today. And I'll actually do a longer-form preview on Thursday on the Daily Wrestling News Show. So there's your Yeah, that's, that's the benefit of you having your own show here. I feel I, I apologize for cutting it off. I did not think those awards were going to take an hour. So uh, well, my yeah. bad, this one's on me. No, that's, that, I mean, we, you know, we have business to take care of. So we take yeah. care of it. Um, there you go. So Ryan Joy, I will, yeah, Ryan Joy, I will concede to you. You got the keys to the car. Let's do it. January 4th and 5th. It's two day. It's two. L earlier said it was two nights in the United States. It's two mornings. It starts at two a.m. on Monday morning, um, so you don't even have to wake up early. You just stay up. <laughs> first match I want to talk about: the winner of the Super Juniors tournament versus the winner of the Super J Cup. They're going to have a match, and the winner of that match on night one is going to get a match with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion on night two so my pick here i think you've got hiromu winning on night one and then you have hiromu versus taiji ishimori on night two otherwise it's bullet club versus bullet club and i don't see that happening so uh and night two i go ahead and i'll, I'll pick hiromu takahashi to win that on another match on the uh, night one is the iwgp heavyweight tag team title match you have the dangerous trackers on the left hand side and on the right hand side you got the grills of destiny they won world tag league they are the dominant tag team really the only tag team in new japan i've got them winning this match and carrying the the championship also on night one you have satoshi kojima he's substituting in for juice robinson who was supposed to get this uh right to challenge opportunity uh, against kenta 
Uh, I think Kent is going to win this one easily. This match right here is the semi-main event, and it's Will Ospreay. He's a heel now, and he's facing off against his former mentor, Kazuchika Okada. It should be the match of the night. Um, the next two guys might have something to say about that, but it should be a real killer match. And by all accounts, it is the crowning the crowning of Will Ospreay. I think he, he is going to find himself in the main event every show after this. Okay, the main event of night one is Tetsuya Naito, the IWGP Intercontinental and World Heavyweight Champion, double champion. He's going to be defending his two championship belts against Kota Ibushi, the two-time winner of the G1 Climax Tournament. And the winner of that match is going to face Jay White on night two in the main event. So one of these three guys is going to walk out as champion at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. I've got my money on Kota Ibushi. I feel like if he doesn't do it now, he'll never do it. So that's where I'm putting putting my uh, putting all my you know cards on. So a couple other matches on night two. You've got another Empire match. This is one of Osprey's guys. Jeff Cobb is going to be facing Shingo Takagi for the ne uh, Never Open Weight Championship. I think it's a clean sweep for the Empire. So I'm going Jeff Cobb on this match. And the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championships are on the line. Kanemaru and Desperado are the champions. They are on the left. They'll be facing off against Master Wado, Wado and Taguchi on the right. Definitely going with Kanemaru and uh, Desperado in this match. Finally, the last match I want to talk about. There are some other things going on that I've kind of fast-forwarded and skipped over. We'll talk about those on Thursday. But this is a match between two former tag team champions, uh, evil split from LIJ much earlier in the year. And he had a, a world title run. He'll be facing his former tag team partner, Sonata. And it'll be, I think the semi main event on night two, uh, should be good. They've wrestled each other before in the G1 climax and things like that. So this is kind of a water settled score type of event. I'm going to go ahead and pick Sonata because I think he needs the win. And I think he would benefit more from the match. Al, that's Wrestle Kingdom in, I think, about three minutes. That, that is absolutely perfect. Again, Ryan, I would have loved to just sit there making making the picks with you. Uh, I'm a huge Naito fan. I love that. I would I love the, the junior heavyweight championship match. Um, if if uh, Takahashi ends up uh, winning uh, in the first night, exactly. I love that matchup with uh, Ishimori. Hero. So I appreciate it. Like I said, tune in. Thursday morning to the Daily Wrestling News Show to get a little more in-depth detail on Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, we have to cut Ryan short on that right now because uh, we are going to bring back in John Smith and John DeCani. Uh, let's hope I do this right. Smith first, right? Yeah, there we go. They're back. They're bad. They're mean. They're mad. They're Johns. <laughs> uh, real quick with AEW. Um, we're not going to repeat, uh, we're not going to go over or recap last week's show. We will do that next week, uh, because on this week's episode, uh, it will be a tribute to Brody Lee. Uh, they have five matches announced, uh, that are all, uh, going to be having Dark Order members participate in. Every member of the Dark Order will be in a match, uh, throughout the night. So this is going to be a nice little tribute to Brody. Uh, the first match, oh, I got to get the banner up there. The first match we have right here, we got uh, Orange Cassidy 
Uh, it's going to team with Cody Rhodes and Preston Vance, 10 of the Dark Order. They're going to go against Team Taz. Um, we have the Young Bucks. They're going to team with Colt Cabana to go against Matt Hardy and Private Party. Uh, we have a women's division match, number 99, Anna Jay. She's going to team with her friend Ty Conti. Uh, they're going to go against the good doctor, Britt Baker, and Penelope Ford. Uh, Adam Page is going to team, uh, team with uh, his two guys from the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. They will be going against uh, the Inner Circle members, MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, and then I guess we, we kind of want to put as the main event, only because Evil Uno and Stu Grayson were uh, Brody Lee's top two guys. They, they were numbers one and two, hence the names Uno and... Stu, you know, for two um, in the Dark Order. Uh, they're going to be teaming with Lance Archer uh, to go against Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade. So, like I said, we will not be picking these matches. Uh, we just wanted to bring you um, – let you guys know what is going on uh, in that New Year's Smash uh, Nights 1 and 2. We're both going to get bumped up a week. So, New Year's uh, Smash Night 1 will be on Wednesday, January 6th. And we'll be talking about next week, that next week, and then night two will be on the 13th. So um, it's going to be a judge. Just take one It's going to be house show, uh, house show tribute to Brody Lee. And that's that's pretty much all we want right now. Just remember Brody, smile about the memories, think of his loved ones, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, normally on the Daily Wrestling News Show, Ryan Joy is the host, and he uh, he likes to give us trivia um, every time we're on. I got to thinking today, I'm like, it's really not that fair. You know, if Ryan likes trivia, maybe he would like to be asked some questions too. Let's 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 test Ryan. Let's see what Ryan knows here. So uh, he's allowing me. I got the questions right here. He's going to allow me. Ryan's going to be put in the hot seat right now. So Ryan. Um, are you stretched out? Are you ready? Uh, are you able to do this? You're nice and limber? I am good to go. All right, let's do this. All right, Ryan, we're going to bump it up a little bit. I'm not going to ask you five questions. I'm actually going to ask you seven. You're going to oh have seven God. questions. If you get the majority of these right, you will get the Goldberg Oscar. I do not say Goldberg, but you're going to get the Oscar. Uh, if you get below uh, the majority, the minority, you're going to get the Hawkins. Uh, if you answer all seven correct, you're going to get the most perfect of perfect plexes. So, your topic today, the Royal Rumble entry numbers. Great. Okay. Should be so, great. here we go. No, but here's the thing. Here's the six out of the seven questions. I'm going to give you the numbers. So, you're not. I'm not going to be like... Uh, in 2003, who drew number 14? You know, it's, it's not going to be – it's impossible. Okay. But you'll see as we go along. So question number one. Your Royal Rumble number is 27. Four men have won the Royal Rumble match from number 27. They say it every year in the promo. Uh, it is the highest uh, most winners produced at a Royal Rumble number. Four people have won at number 27. Name three of them. Hogan. Batista. Um, Yokozuna. All right. One out of three ain't bad. Yokozuna <laughs> won from number 27 back in 1993. We're also looking for Big John Studd back in 1989. Uh, Bret Hart. 
right after Yokozuna in 1994. And then the last one to do it has been quite some time, Stone Cold, in 2001. All right? So it's, it's tough. But like I said, this is educated. They always, and to WWE's credit, when they always say, number 27 has produced the most winners, they'll show Brett, they'll show Yokozuna. They'll show they'll even tell you John Studd. Like that's that's the only time of year you get to see John Studd is in that one little clip. Hogan is the only one I was confident on. So yep. okay. All right, for question number two, your Royal Rumble number is 18. Okay. In 1991, Royal Rumble number 18 didn't make it to the ring. And he was the first person in Royal Rumble history, one of two, I believe, uh, that did not show up when his number was called. Multiple choice in alphabetical order with number 18, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Sergeant Slaughter, The Ultimate Warrior. Randy Savage. That is correct. Randy Savage cost The Ultimate Warrior the WWF Championship against Sergeant Slaughter by hitting the scepter over his head, and that was the last time he saw him for the night. Rumor has it the Warrior chased him out of the building. Um, I was 10 years old at the time. I cried. Warrior was my hero, and Randy Savage screwed me over. All right, question number three. You're one for one for two right now. You're batting 500. Your Royal Rumble number, Royal Rumble number is two. Two men have won the Royal Rumble entering number two. Who are they? Shawn Michaels. And... I mean, I thought this was one of the easier ones. I, I don't know this one, I guess. Um, so, Steve Austin. No, I'm sorry. The answer, uh, Mr. McMahon won from number oh. two, sitting behind a ninth uh, announce table in 1999. And the other one, probably one of the more famous Royal Rumble victories of all time, Rey Mysterio in 2006. Hmm. Okay. Your next... Number Royal Rumble number question four Royal Rumble number is 28. There have been seven all time multiple multi Royal Rumble winners, seven people have won it more than once. One of those seven people won it from the same number, number 28. Both years he won, he drew number 28. In alphabetical order, your multiple choices are Batista, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Randy Orton, Triple H. Triple H. Answer was Batista. Mm -hmm. In 2005 and in 2014, he entered in at number 28. What's my score? Uh, you are one for four right now. You said seven questions. If you If you win this out, you get the Oscar, so you're still alive. Okay. Okay. For question number five, I got confidence you'll get this one. Your Royal Rumble number is one. In 2018, the women finally got their hands dirty and got their own. They got their own Royal Rumble match by entering the match at number one. This wrestler is officially the first woman to ever enter a Royal Rumble match. Multiple choice in alphabetical order. Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, who was Sasha number Banks. one in 2018. Sasha Banks. That is correct. Okay, this is the only one. This is, this is such a great question. This is the only one where I can't give you the numbers because the numbers are the answer. Okay? 
in 2005 and <laughs> probably one of the greatest you're not going to get this you're already shaking your head it's probably one of the greatest segments of all time back in the back at the tumbler eddie guerrero stole rick flair's number as the rumble you know rick flair eventually got his number back but when the rumble played out what were the two numbers involved uh 30 and one very good see there you go Eddie Guerrero drew number one. Ric Flair had 30. Eddie pickpocketed him. That was absolutely priceless. All right, you're three for six. This is it. This is for this. Is this a layup? Is it a layup? I, I don't know. It might be. If you think about it, if you don't, you might not know it, but if you think about it, you should get it. Okay. Your Royal Rumble number is 13. Okay. In 2004, Chris Benoit a SmackDown wrestler, won the Royal Rumble. He, with that, went to Raw and challenged for the World Heavyweight Championship. The next Thursday, the following Thursday on SmackDown, Vince McMahon came out and completely reamed out Paul Heyman for letting Chris Benoit get away from him and go to Raw. So Paul Heyman did the first ever 15-man SmackDown Royal Rumble. The winner of that Royal Rumble drew number 13 out of the 15 and went on to challenge for the WWE Championship. In my, uh, multiple choice in alphabetical order, the winner of the SmackDown Royal Rumble was Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio. What year was this? It was 2004, and I'll give you an even further hint. The winner got the challenge for the championship, uh, No Way Out. Um, Not at WrestleMania. Guerrero. There he is. That's it. Eddie Guerrero won the SmackDown World. There you go. And that's it. Four out of seven. And? Ah, oh, that feels good. <laughs> you know, that's, I hope I you learned sweating. something here, too. Those, those made you think. Yes. I wanted to make you think on that one. All right, so Ryan, you can officially put yourself on the scoreboard. We're saying we're at an hour and fifty-five. I gotta blow these uh, blow through these promotions pretty quickly. Joey Jarzanka or Joe McMahon, as we are now going to call you. You can thank Tyler Adele for that. Uh, we're going to do the fast, extreme fast forward version on this one. Uh, if you want to win the Jim the Animal Nightheart autographed photo, it's an eight by eleven. Please make sure you like this video, subscribe to the I ninety five Sports Network on YouTube. Comment on this video, EWP Anvil, hashtag EWP Anvil. Uh, we will be giving it away at 200, uh, 200 subscribers. We are almost there. Make sure you put your bid in for it quickly. The primetime rundown will once again be off this week, but make sure you tune in to next Friday, uh, January. I believe it's going to be the 8th, right? Is next Friday? Uh, Monday, Friday, this week is the 1st. Next Friday, yeah, the 8th. Uh, yes. The primetime rundown will be back, probably talking NFL playoffs. Maybe talking about my fantasy football championship win. How about that, John Smith? It's stuck in there. Um, and he's not at the table. There he is. So make sure you tune in to Joey Garzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca as they go everything over everything in the non-scripted sports world. Tune in every Monday through Thursday, as we've been telling you, uh, with your morning cup of joy at 10 a.m. on the, all the I-95 Sports Network pages on Facebook, uh, Spotify, all the fun stuff, anywhere you can see the show. You can see the daily morning, uh, the daily wrestling news show every morning at 10 a.m. with Ryan Joy and his uh, band of merry men, his co-hosts. Uh, I believe John DeConte, you are on tomorrow, correct? 
I believe so. All yes, right. he is. Yes, he is. All right. The Body Slam Brigade comes out every Friday at noon. Make sure you go to menacethebelltime.com uh, and subscribe to the Body Slam Brigade. It's always a great toilet bowl rude, uh, read. I absolutely love it. Uh, make sure you guys get your, uh, the pre-order. This is the last week for the pre-order, right, Ryan? Yeah, great. It's over this week. It's going to be 1,300 in about 60 pages. Um, hopefully, I don't have any like upload-download issues with that. So, Yeah, so make sure you get the wins and losses today uh, and get everything you want with uh, the year of 2020 in professional wrestling. The Black Cats NYC, their music, Free Cake. Make sure you go to all of these music outlets, these music streaming areas, whatever you want to call them. I still don't know what they are called. Uh, you can go to Pandora, Amazon, uh, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, uh, SoundCloud, and download the album Free, Clay, Free Cake from the Black Cats NYC. And, of course, next week we'll be back uh, for episode 35 at 6 p.m. at the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Um, absolutely great show, guys. We're just about to get it under – Two hours. This is the longest one to date. Uh, didn't think it was going to take that long, but thank you so much. Uh, it's been a great year. We had 35 episodes this year. The award-winning – thank you, Tempe. I stand corrected. The award-winning uh, Essential Wrestling Podcast uh, here on the I-95 Sports Networks, on, on YouTube, on all of our Facebook outlets, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Banana Podcasts. Um, <laughs> That'd be a great name for a finisher. He hit him with the banana podcast. Um, thank you so much for the past, they said, the year 2020. This is it for us. We will see everybody in 2021. Uh, Ryan Joy, we'll see you tomorrow, though. So will John DeCani. John Smith, thank you so much for a great year. I'll be seeing you soon. Alexa Bliss, we absolutely love you. Uh, we hope Randy didn't light you on fire. Tegan, we miss you. We hope your rehab is going well. We, we know you're due back soon. We cannot uh, wait for that. Uh, I'm not going to do a missing persons thing. I just don't feel it's right this episode. We'll, do, we'll pick that back up next year as well. Uh, my WrestleMania match was on pause. We were going to talk about uh, this match right here. Please go back and watch and get the graphic off of Luke. He's a person that we're doing it for. Jesus. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers came out and absolutely smoked the New Day and the, the Usos to win the Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania uh, 34. So uh, that would have been the one we talked about today. My list was on pause. Here with them. There you go. There's the proof that they won. And then this is the picture you've been seeing all over social media. So, uh, Brody, me, we are going to miss you. Um, absolutely horrible. So uh, thank you again for a great year. And we will see you next Tuesday. Don DeConnie, sorry. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Thanks for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Happy New Year.